Natalie and Matthias, and we welcome you to our conversations with B2B ecosystems experts and platform founders. Our goal here is to uncover what they learned and help you launch and scale platforms, marketplaces, and business ecosystems. Welcome to this uh, new edition uh, of our podcast, Platforms for Future. I'm uh, Nathalie Dumas-Lamborghini, and I'm here with my co-host, Matthias Walter. Hi, Matthias. Hello. Hello, everybody. And today we are very excited to welcome uh, Christian Neumann, who's CEO of Tapio. Hi, Christian. Hi, together. Great to be here. So um, Christian is going to take us into, uh, uh, I would say, an unexpected industry uh, because he's going to take us into the wood industry and um, he's going to uh, uh, shed some light on how uh, platforms uh, and platform uh, businesses and ecosystems uh, can be uh, accelerated and and, uh, brought into the digital world thanks to platforms. So um, I think we will dive straight away into the first question, Christian, and uh, ask you to tell us a bit about uh, the genesis of Tapio and how you came to this idea and how you built or co-founded uh, Tapio. Thanks, Natalie. Yeah, sure. I'd love to explain it a bit more. As you already said, so we call ourselves an ecosystem, which is a, a very important difference to the platform discussion, because we started in the back uh, 2016, 2017, uh, with all the industry 4.0 discussion. Then looking at our industry, where furniture and kitchens are mainly produced, we saw that in a production not only one machine maker is dominant. It's like a very colorful universe of machines, tools, materials. And having just one silo platform, like an IoT platform often is, the user, so the furniture producer, wouldn't get the benefits or the functions he really strives for because his physical production is very integrated and his digital world would be then totally fragmented. So just take a simple example of in case he wants to monitor his uh, machine park and he has five different machines from five different machine makers and then he, he would have five different apps to monitor his one production. That's where we came and said that doesn't really make sense. We need a way so that the colorful reality is also very colorful in a digital world. And that's where Tapio came and said, okay, we want to build the ecosystem where all the machine makers, material makers, and tool makers have one place where they can provide services to their users, which also leverage the synergies we see. So it's a lot about data exchange, providing access, inventing things only once so there are a lot of technical functions you need which actually are, are not a usp for any of our partners so we provide them for them and they use them as a service and the 
the benefit or our USP we see is that we focus very much on building the ecosystem from a business perspective. So technology is for us a means to an end. Um, the business network and the solutions is core and in our focus. And uh, you are a very young company. So can you also explain a little bit more how you started and at which stage you are right now? So maybe some numbers. So how many furniture producers you have on your platforms? How many machine producers or others you have on your platform? So how big is the ecosystem? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, you're right. We are very young. So the first introduction of Tapio to the world was in May 2017. And since then, we had a significant growth. Now we have 41 partners. We are present basically in the whole of Europe, in North America, in Australia and New Zealand. So quite global already. And it started with one of the key players of the industry. It's one of the big machine makers, uh, which is called Homark, which was uh, our investor who said, um, this is the right idea. We go for it, we invest uh, and bring it to life. What I, what I really found very interesting was one of your opening statements that you said, you see yourselves more like an ecosystem player instead of a platform player. Um, how does this thinking and this understanding evolved maybe over the time? So maybe you maybe not started already with this ecosystem understanding um, or identification yourself. So how does it uh, started? To be honest, we directly started when we go to market with the ecosystem. I mean, in the beginning, when we discussed what is the right approach, we also looked at many other classical platform businesses. Um, but the term is also very misleading because many people also talk about technology platforms and others talk about business platforms. So for me, the term is... Um, is misleading in discussions. And that's why we also said, no, it's more about the ecosystem, like the ecosystem you have in your industry, where you know, when I want to produce something, I relay, uh, I rely on different other partners. I get materials from company A, I produce something for company B, and then it goes to the customer. So that's why we said we go for the ecosystem and not use platform as a term to clearly distinct us from all the IoT technology platforms out there because we are not selling technology. We are selling a business benefit in terms of use case, how a partner can help customers. Yeah, this is indeed uh, also a, a point we always emphasize when we're working with our clients that we say, you need always to think about what is the benefit for everybody who, uh, of this ecosystem. Otherwise you will only end up in a single-sided business and not in a multi-sided business. So, um, we totally understand. That's one point. Um, everybody thinks about the Amazons in this world or so, um, and all the, yeah, let's say success stories from the B2C world, but in a B2B world, in an industrial environment for us, the, the learnings from the B2C world already influenced what is possible and what is not possible. And if you are not in an industry with, with very dominant players, like for example, in the automotive world, for us, the, the only way to really make the jump in a digital world is having an ecosystem 
where you find a setup that everybody wins because establishing yourself as an Amazon for an industry is a very uh, ambitious plan nowadays because many people already know that it has positive and negative sides going into the digital world. And we learned that all from Google and Facebook and you name it. So you need this, uh, this balance so that everybody uh, is a winner in the whole ecosystem, whether it's consumers or producers or, or, or in the partners of the platform. So on one hand, you've got like people or, or, or companies like kitchen producers who are, you know, can, can be very small to very big. Uh, on the other hand, you've got the, the producers of, of wood and then you've got your partners of maybe machinery, etc. How do you uh, make sure that everybody is winning and so that there is this virtuous circle uh, that drives network effect, especially on stakeholders which you would think are not very or, or were not maybe at the time very digital ready a very good question um what we learned in in the past is that it makes sense to come from the user side and when we talk about user it's the furniture producer and to find a pain point he has and then solve it and um, not the other way around and when you have the pain point and when you have an idea how to how it could be solved then you also identify who is needed to solve it because the answer um, i will do everything is in many cases not the right answer because you are faster when you do it jointly um, as an ecosystem approach and when you have that you can also discuss the, the business side of the, this use case. And like always in life uh, and in business, um, in the end, it made, needs to make sense economically for everybody. But there is no one answer which fits everybody and every industry and every business case. So it really depends on what you actually solve. So it sounds for me, and we have discussed it also in our briefing call, it sounds for me that you have a kind of a triple win approach here. So a triple win. So each side of the platform, each side of the ecosystem needs to win. Otherwise, uh, the ecosystem will not flourish. So besides that, maybe there's a monetization benefit for everybody, um, is there an economic benefit? Are there also some other principles you see which you should consider when you build up this kind of triple win ecosystem? Yeah, sure. I mean, to, to reach the point that the monetization can happen, you need to establish certain ground rules, as we call it. And ground rules in our world are very much focused on what is the right governance and what is the data ownership concept? Because you can only monetize something when you have a kind of ownership about it. And we all know that from our physical reality, you have ownership about assets. And because of that, you can trade them, you can lease them, you can share them. But in the data world, this is not yet the case. So um, we put a lot of effort into this point to clarify what are the, the right principles and what is the right data ownership? And um, 
maybe you can explain a bit more how have you implemented those kind of principles so when you talk about data ownership and so on so how exactly have you incorporated this into your platform there are in the end two sides i mean you have a contractual side where you um, agree on certain principles in the contract either the partner or the customer needs to sign and then as far as possible you implement that a on a technology level so For example, in, in our world, the customer decides who gets his data and he actually does this in our MyTapio interface. So this is a web page where he manages his whole digital world. And there he can also say which application, which partner is allowed to access his data. And this is a technology-wise enforcement of these ground rules because you can't just connect to Tapio and say, give me all the data from customer A. He actually needs to give you the right to read it. So the user at the end is always in the driver's seat and can decide by himself what kind of data I want to share with whom. And this gives him the, the, the decision power. In some sense, yes, but... Um, It's not black and white because if you want to use a digital service, um, you need to share certain data. Otherwise, the service wouldn't be able to work. So, for example, if you are going to use an optimization service, you need to share the, the raw data. Otherwise, the service can't operate. So what is not possible that a customer says, I want to use service A, but I don't give him my data. That's then just uh, meaningless. And uh, this is belonging to the contractual situation or this is also what you have technically implemented and, uh, or is there more from a technical perspective what you have done? I mean, that's at least the part about the data sharing and who actually controls, who gets access. But the other side is then for sure, um, what actually happens to data. So it's, it's always a discussion about data monetization and uh, what do I get when I share my data? And for a customer perspective, it's normally quite simple because he gets a certain service. This is his benefit. And for this, he needs to share certain data, but um, there are also other interests. And then the question is, um, okay, if I give you that, this point, what do I get in return? Uh, producers and uh, and uh, and customers on the platform on this data topic, or did they, um, you know, understand uh, clearly the benefit of, you know, giving away the data for the service and, and uh, you know, with the security that goes around it? I would say from a customer perspective, it's more a discussion about uh, what happens to my data and a security question. So is somebody able to enter my production and do some bad things? Um, but if they understand that we also have a good security level, that we hosting our data in Europe and that we have clear rules who can access the data and that we as Tapio don't monetize their data for any other purposes, from a customer perspective, that's then normally okay. So if they understand there's a solution which is adding value for them, then it's fine. For the partner side, um, 
I see also a very good resonance that there is a concept, there are clear rules, which also gives them the possibility to earn certain shares, even if they don't have a solution in terms of an application the customer uses. By just adding data to the universe, ecosystem Tapio slash, and then um, provide other applications with this information. So yes, I would say that it takes a while to understand the concept and it's always a good discussion, but then it's very straightforward for everybody and sees that there is uh, a very easy way to go for a digital business. And do you see, uh, so, so once uh, the, the customer, for example, is onboarded, uh, and same for the producer, do you see them, um, uh, back to the network effects uh, uh, question, do you see them uh, onboarding other, uh, so for example, do you see customers encouraging producers to join the platform and producers encouraging their customers to join the platform? Yeah, both ways. I mean, um, especially... Uh, not especially, it's basically true for both sides. Um, if people start to play with it, use the first simple application, the ideas start to flow and then discussions start. And then also these questions that, hey, wouldn't it be make sense if you join or when we do something together? So yes, for sure. Um, it's a kind of human network effect. Um, the more a digital network effect is then more on the side to say, hey, we have a certain process step and now we can actually get all the data from a material maker and directly provide it to the machine or use it for our optimization. This is then more a, a technical network effect which exists all of a sudden. So, so, so what do you mean with human network effect? So can you so the technical side i understand and uh it's all about process improvement process efficiency so i can can connect and uh, have uh, now a digital process instead of a mm. manual one also but what do you mean with human i was referring to natalie's point to say that um, producers encourage other producers or machine makers encourage other machine makers to join our ecosystem which is more like driven on the human side so that person A talks to person B and says, hey, I have a great idea or wouldn't it make sense when you, when we do it together and wouldn't be Tapio the, the right person to support us. So it's again about uh, collaboration. So they say we could leverage this ecosystem, as you call it, better collaborate. Yeah, I would say the, I would, Matthias, I would say the um, technical term is cooperation. So um, this is also what we at least want and what we implement in our contract that there is competition on our uh, technology and we don't provide anybody in, in advantage in terms of he gets exclusivity or whatever. Um, but they have the possibility also to cooperate um, by sharing data or sharing solutions. And so we... we touched a little bit on data monetization. Can you um, maybe give us a little bit more insight on how um, the producers are monetizing the, the data across the platform? 
maybe um, uh, you know or using anonymous data or using just the data of their uh, their customer and how do you uh, derive your business model from this i mean the business model of from us is, is very straightforward we basically monetize the usage of our technology so very simple um, what it actually means is uh, very differentiated depending on what kind of our services are used and the the partner side sees the monetization more in terms of selling solutions so the data and technology is a means to an end and the question comes then into play only when information from other players are needed so for example if i have a conditional monitoring application like our machine board um, where you can integrate machines from different machine makers the question arises then very soon what do i get as a machine maker when my machine is usable in the machine board and the answer there is then very simple we basically do a revenue share model for that so if you as a machine maker integrate in the machine board app you get a certain percentage of our revenues with it. And this is integrated in the model, in that or the technology enables that revenue share, uh, sharing. It's um, not something you have to define uh, every time. Yeah, I mean, the technology does the, um, the metering and then do the number crunching, but the, the prices and this thing is very use case specific. So it really depends on who adds uh, value and how much is a certain data point worth. So that's not one size fits all. And um, we always like to talk about sustainability and I'm thinking about beyond the wood industry and the wood industry itself should be a very sustainable industry because yeah, it's based on, on the wood and our environment. So how do you see how far this sustainable thinking and uh, is already implemented in the wood industry? Is it there? Is it not there? Is it, uh, in, in, is it a low maturity or is it, are there more ahead than the other industries? And uh, maybe a second question then is, how do you support this kind of more thinking more about sustainability in the industry itself? For me, it's hard to compare to other industries because I honestly lack the insights. Um, what I can say for our industry is that it's at least um, already before Tapio and before all the digital discussion, a, a industry which is strongly focused on sustainability in terms of we need to manage our forests in a proper way. Otherwise, um, it will have a significant nature impact and also a resource impact because it just takes a couple of decades before you have a tree which you can use for furnitures or kitchens. Today, it's also easier to optimize the material usage. So prevent waste by better um, defining the cutting programs so that um, you basically use the wood you have as best as possible. I guess there are a lot of other potentials in the future, 
to um, drive sustainability also from a consumer point of view. So you and me buying certain furniture or kitchens, but that's, I think, a couple of steps ahead um, for, for our lives. We are not yet there. Would you say uh, sometimes um, when we ask that same question to uh, uh, other uh, uh, CEOs we interviewed, uh, sometimes the sustainability topic, even though everybody recognizes it's important, is kind of second uh, and nice to have after the um, uh, the, the, the the business uh, priority. Um, Would you say that in your industry in particular, in the wood industry, maybe sustainability is, you know, a bit more of a, a, an important stake uh, than really just a nice to have? Or you think that uh, regardless, uh, you know, business is first and, uh, and sustainability will come whenever we're ready? I think we can't judge um, for the whole industry. There are different levels and different mentalities around the world how to, to treat this topic. But for my personal feeling, I would say it's more dominant, um, the topic, because uh, everybody sees there also a potential how wood as a construction material or as a material can improve our sustainability footprint compared to concrete or other things. So we have a, a very vivid uh, market now in terms of wood-based houses, which is uh, already a, a strong push forward for sustainability, I would say, compared to building houses out of concrete or other uh, materials. So yes, I would say, For the wood industry in general, it's a very dominant topic and a very present topic that it's always above business. I don't think that is true for everybody. But you go out to the to your ecosystem players and say, hey, this is also not a platform where you can improve your processes or you can go into co-opetition, you can um, create more money, you can create a better business, but maybe you can also use this to help our environment. So put you kind of a, uh, is it part of your, let's say, sales process or sales arguments when you go out and, and they say, yes, this, this is true and uh, this is also for them and in, in, in resonating argument to join Tapio? It's not one of our direct sales pitches. What we pitch here more is to say, we in a, can leverage synergies when we don't invent things twice or everybody on his own. So this is more the sustainability part about, let's uh, do it jointly, consuming less, but it's not that we say, When you use Tapio, you can make more sustainable products. We we can and we sell certain solutions, especially in the direction of optimization. But uh, directly promising that Tapio changes sustainability of a partner, that's something which is, I would say, not defined and not uh, something we can promise. We can enable them but we can't ensure it. 
or maybe you can help them measure uh, or extrapolate uh, uh, their impact. Yes, I mean, sure, they they can see. I mean, the producer is the wrong person, but the the guy actually doing the production, he can see what he wasted less. That's easy, but yeah, I understood Matthias' question more in the direction to say changing the product portfolio or something like that. And that's not um, the position Tapio has. So we are not defining their product strategy. No, I, I, was, I was also more referring to that the market and the yeah the companies in the market now put more emphasis on sustainability and so they are looking for platforms which they can help to improve processes and so on but also as a, a like let's say a feature um they are looking for a feature which can help them to achieve their sustainability goals and therefore they say yes tapio is the right one because Topio is not only helping me to improve processes, etc., but also helping me to achieve my sustainability goals. So, um, yeah, partially um, the sustainability goals are, in my perception, more focused on the application. So, how can we provide products for our consumers which are more sustainable and may or make them more sustainable? And this is then the level of the applications of our partners, because we as Tapio have only four applications we sell to the consumers. And these applications are with a very basic functionality as more as a lighthouse to show the benefits of an ecosystem and not so production specific as sustainability improvements. And I guess uh, through through this, uh, uh, you're, you're already changing behavior by digitalizing uh, this industry. So, um, you know, I guess in the medium uh, term, maybe uh, um, through the platform and through um, um, or through the ecosystem thinking and through uh, maybe the the uh, measurement of. Uh, of uh, environmental impact, etc., uh, that also can influence behaviors later on. Yeah, exactly, Natalie. That's what I tried to explain um, shortly before, that there is a lot of potential, but it's not yet for me so crystal clear how it will turn out. I mean, I see also a potential for probably the producer or the user in the production to get more transparency and then uh, change their behavior, how they use certain things. But that needs to be proven yet, I would say. What is already proven is the, the waste reduction. I mean, that's that there, that can be proven with numbers and that's, that's already reality. Uh, maybe a reality already, but maybe a reality that is not uh, uh, conscious or, or measured, or, or so in, in yeah, in that way maybe uh, yeah, your platform helps that uh, taking um, or um, making uh, this reality uh, more visible. Uh, also, yes, true. So, um, Christian, thank you for the great insights and i really like your perspective on 
and the emphasis on ecosystem thinking uh, instead of expressing we are a platform which could lead into a kind of a wrong discussion and comparison to iot platforms product and tech platforms but you are more like an ecosystem enabler and um, I, I really really like this and it also shows that uh, when you take this perspective you can provide more than a single service you really provide uh, we call it a triple win situation for everybody who is part of this ecosystem so i really really like this and uh, we also talked about what is the yeah key ingredient to make such an ecosystem a success and you refer to let's say trust and trust is maybe based on data ownership and putting in place the right governance things so and this is also a pattern we see when we talk to other platform owners and um, how they have implemented this and then especially in b2b trust is really really key and you have to take care of how can you build this trust and uh, as a digital platform or as an ecosystem player you have to think about governance and data ownership and how to put it in the in the right way and how can you ensure that there's no misbehavior of the data and everybody sees only the data they they need to see and so on um, I also liked when we talked about network effects that you said, okay, we have kind of a, let's say the human part and the digital part. So the digital part is more like I have a direct advantage of process improvements. And then there's this, let's say human part when the owner of the businesses talks to another owner of the business and say, okay, let's, let's, let's join this ecosystem because of course we can, we, we are competitors on it, but we can also cooperate and we can use this to maybe think about how can we, collaborate and how can we cooperate and build something better so can we how can we together also create value instead of just being competitors um, and in the last part we talked about sustainability and uh, currently it's more application based so the users can use applications to reduce waste um, but maybe it's also related to the to the nature of your industry so you're in the wood industry and they are always based on a sustainability uh, or they on the, on the material which should be sustainable and the, and you need to think about how can i uh, run this whole industry so that i have also tomorrow uh, enough wood in place to to run my business uh, so i think this gives us really really great insights um, and uh, always the last question we ask our guest is you went through this whole journey of building your ecosystem, your platform. So what is maybe a key learning you would like to give also as a as an advice or as a key message to other leaders and executives who also want to establish a B2B platform? Well, that's a good question. Um, I would say that the advice would be focus on the business use case from your customer and then um, find the technology because the technology is only the means to an end and um, the customer needs to be happy at the end because you solve something for him he he wants or he does not yet know that he needs it it's not a technology discussion. You don't say uh, sell technology details to a customer in your industry. Yeah, I think this is um, this is really a true statement, and it's also let's say an easy statement, but it's always yeah kind of crazy when you talk to a lot of 
corporates that they don't really get it, that they only think about their direct customer, but not at the end user. Um, but it, the journey always starts with the, with the end, end user. And, um, so it's great to see that you have this kind of mindset and I, only can underline your point that taking a customer perspective or end user perspective always helps to better understand the ecosystem and identify the benefits for everybody in the in the whole ecosystem and this helps to build a platform on top of it so thank you very much for joining our conversation this was was a really pleasure and um, yes thank you so much and thanks for having me it was nice talking to you and hopefully maybe we can have the same discussion again in one year or two years and then uh, we can check again how Tapio has grown and has also changed the industry so thank you and all the best for your on your journey thank you very much thank you christian